0: Welcome, Seekers of Truth, coming to you from the edge of the known universe, better known as the Granite State, home of Betty and Barney Hill. Through the magic of electronic alchemy, a portal to another dimension has opened. You are about to make a metaphysical connection. Network. This is the Metaphysical Connection, episode 73, The Return of Walt Schnabel. I'm your host, Eric Renderking Fisk. Walt Schnabel returns after a month-long absence to discuss his move, the Eagles win in the Super Bowl, and of course, he laughs at my failure to teach my puppy how to be body-trained. Then Walt and I get into it about the new paranormal news from the past four weeks. Lost Mayan civilization discovered, SpaceX's launch of the Falcon Heavy rocket, and some more news about the Pentagon's X-Files. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. So we got some background noise going on here. With are, are are we recording? We are now.
1: We are. Okay. So I guess we're back. Yeah. We're back with a new format.
0: Yeah. This is this is this is really weird because the thing is is that the puppy is being obnoxious. The puppy is being obnoxious because the thing is we're trying to we're, we're trying to potty train him, mm-hmm. and every time he wants to go outside, he 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 rings the um the bells. Um, the 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 sleigh bells that we have hanging on the doorknob, but the thing is, is that he's now come to the point, whereas he, now he's... Does, does
1: he does he say sleigh bells ring? Are you listening?
0: <laughs> he should. <laughs> and the thing is, is that but now he's ta- now he's to the point where he just wants to play with the bells. He doesn't actually want to go out. He just wants. Right. To, and the well, thing, you
1: know, it's the way it, it's the way puppies are.
0: And he, and here's how he's potty trained. Now he'll take a pee or a poop on the floor. Are you recording this, Eric? I am. I, I don't know if I don't know if it's going to make it into the show, though. No, it probably shouldn't. So he'll pee and poo on the floor, and then he'll ring the bell to go out. Actually, he's ringing the bell for you to come and clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Uh, you want
1: you want to uh, get rid of this?
0: Yeah, we'll get rid of
1: this. <laughs> okay, so before we get going on metaphysical stuff, oh, oh, although this may be metaphysical in some ways, uh, I have to, I have to do a shout out to my Philadelphia Eagles who won the super bowl after um, almost 60 years i think of actually not winning a championship and i know i know that you view football sort of um, like a battery acid
0: anima Eric. no yeah, okay a battery um, so, acid anima no no i yeah, would i, know it's I wouldn't, not quite that bad i wouldn't call it that not that bad yeah it's not it's or, or, or is it worse no i mean the thing is that it was just like i mean there are ass i i i've never followed football i didn't have anybody introduce football to me when i was much younger um right. I, I and you I, have I, and you have no athletic ability probably so. well no i mean i i i used to run track i used to do track and oh, field did? yeah cross country um and and the thing is Is that I take great pride In saying that it's like I never came in last I, I never came in first But I never came in last um, well, That's good that's,
1: that's something Yeah So So the Eagles are having Their, their much deserved Celebration today um, And I, I just wanted to do A little shout out Just for my own sake I guess personally but, Yeah And it is kind of A metaphysical event Because you know it's been a long time coming, so it's almost kind of a miracle that it, that it actually happened. Yeah. My, my son and I were watching the game. He's a Eagles fan, too. After the game ended and they won, we just kind of looked at each other like, really? <laughs> Did that really happen? <laughs> you know, yeah. Was that an actual event? <laughs> or, are yeah. we, or are we in some kind of an alternative delusional state or something? It, yeah.
0: it, it, speaking of delusional state, um, so I'm, I'm watching the game with my family. And uh, oh, oh you actually watched the game? Oh, I did. I watched the whole thing because my because um my my wife's favorite pastime was watching football with her dad when she was growing up. That's
1: oh I, I didn't know that. I, oh, oh, absolutely.
0: Was, I knew there was there was something I liked about Carol
1: among many other things. Right, exactly. Would be so she's a football fan. She's probably not an Eagles fan, but.
0: No, she used to root for the Eagles with her dad. Um, That's
1: right. She's from she's from South Jersey, right? Exactly. Originally. Exactly. Okay. There, okay. There you go.
0: And and the thing even is, even better. And she was conflicted because the thing is, is that we live in New England, and you are supposed to be a New England fan wherever no, you know. No, you don't have to be. Well, no, you, you don't, be don't have to be a fan of whoever you want. Exactly. Uh, like uh, my brother in law, he's a 49 um, years fan from, and he goes way back to the Dynasty era in the uh, of the eighties. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean you can you can root for whoever you want to. Exactly, whoever, whoever your hometown team is. Yeah, right. Okay,
1: so here's something for Carol, Eric. Okay. She there? She listening?
0: Hey, Carol. Walt has something for you. Can she hear me? No, I think she's I think she's oh. upstairs. Okay, well, she'll hear this later. Right. Much less instead
1: Eagles. Eagles! <laughs> <laughs> Fly Eagles fly. I don't even I don't know the rest of the song. Anyway, enough Eagles, I guess.
0: Right. Uh I had I had to do it, Eric. It's okay. It. It's okay. I totally understand. You can't help yourself. So
1: I I can't. So but I I, 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 no, I thank you for giving me the air time. Yeah. I'm not cut. You'll, you'll probably edit that out anyway.
0: But. I I will if I will tell you what. I will keep the bit about the Eagles in if you let me keep in the bit about the puppy ringing the bell every, every time after he boos and pees on the floor. Okay. So okay. I'll, uh, I'll give you that. So the thing is, is it's a, that there was it's a good, tra- good trade off. Okay. And there was an ad on the, on the Super Bowl ad from... Uh, it was like a, a trailer for uh, the Cloverfield Paradox on Netflix I saw,
1: that. I saw that yeah
0: and the thing is that it's like streaming now and it was just like they released the 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 the, the movie on Netflix as a surprise surprise presentation um mm-hmm. in the middle of the Super Bowl and the thing is is <laughs> that how many of us just said oh I want to go watch this Cloverfield movie um but I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad that I waited until the night after to watch it. Uh, did you watch it? I thought, yeah, I did, actually. How was it? Um, did you like the first Cloverfield movie?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I wasn't, like, drooling
1: about it, but
0: it, I, was, I, was, it, was, it was decent. It was J.J. It was Abrams' really right. good it, attempt at um, sort of, like, viral marketing, because the, 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 the original Cloverfield movie had some viral marketing on social yeah. media. Yeah, right. right. And uh, and you could actually he, go ahead. J.J. Abrams did the did the new one too, right? The latest. One. I think he he produced it. He didn't oh, he write direct, it, but yeah. he produced it. And He's like all over the place. He is. He, yeah. He is, and and so we watched it, and it's by itself, all by its lonesome. Um, it's a it's a great what if movie about. Opening up parallel, open up portals into parallel dimensions. Right. um, While hunting down this God particle or or whatever, and there's there was a lot of things in the movie that I was like, oh my god, wow, that's like that's there are those moments. Whereas is like if you take all the paranormal conspiracy theories, all the paranoia surrounded the um, the CERN super collider. Um, and and put it all out in space, as it were, on this on the space station, and then shoehorn the Cloverfield monster from the first movie into the ending of this movie. Oh, spo- uh, sorry, spoiler alerts. Um, mm-hmm. a I, I, too late. It's a little too late for that. But the thing is that it was like if if it, had, if it was all by itself, and they weren't trying to shoehorn Cloverfield. I think it would have worked a lot better as a, just a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sets. Well, that's
1: that's always a danger with that kind of thing. Is they try to do too much with it. Right. Up, um, sometimes less is more. You
0: yeah. Know,
1: especially with that kind of thing, um, they they try to sort of parlay the the scenario from the previous ones into the new one, and it sort of. It's like trying to put put a size ten into a size eight shoe, sort of. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's just too much. And, yep. and They they want to they want to sort of keep the fans that you know. I, I think Star Wars kind of maybe does that sometimes too. But, yep. Um, but that's another whole thing. Um, so I'll, I'll have to watch that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I th- a, Netflix is put putting some really good stuff on some good sci fi and good. Um, uh, I've been watching Black Mirror. I don't know. Have you watched any of those? Uh, I've
0: actually watched a couple of episodes of that. And yeah, that is, those are pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about the impact of technology, really. If, if Rod Serling was alive today doing The Twilight Zone and he could do an MA-17 or whatever, if he could yeah. do stuff for mature <laughs> audiences, that is exactly what Black Mirror would be. Um, it is,
1: uh, that's a good point. It's really kind of like a modern-day Twilight Zone. It in, really in is. Some, um, I even I even got my wife watching it, and she's she's not a sci-fi fan, so she's she doesn't like all of them. She likes some, but they're you know it's the same like with Twilight Zone. It's it's really about human weakness, you know, and human foibles in in a technological world, yeah, which really is, is really what Twilight Zone was about. It really was like, make, making making decisions about things based on you know human weakness. Yeah, and, and that's really what this is, but extrapolated out into the, actually quite near future. It's you know, it's only a few years out in yes. the future, but technology has advanced, you know, exponentially, of course, as it always does. So,
0: yeah, uh, uh, our pretty good, it's
1: worth watching. I might
0: do a neural download about. about. I think you ought to. I think because okay. people actually have asked me, when are you going to do your next neural download? Oh,
1: have they? Okay, yeah. Good. I, I guess I'm. Uh, I guess the listeners don't know that I I have been in the process of moving from New Hampshire to Portland, Maine. So I've been just sort of betwixt between getting things. You know, set up, and so we're now. This is actually our first new podcast in
0: what? A month. This is On, a, a month. This, this is our first podcast in a month. Um, right. So Walt had to actually move uh, at, out of the state. Um, he's now in a secure location.
1: I, I, I was thrown out, actually. Okay. I, I was ejected from New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> so I was too. Pro- I was too progressive. So <laughs> they w- said I was a troublemaker.
0: Walt. Walt is what I what I will now refer to as metaphysical connection headquarters east um because he's east of where we are now or or where the two of us were that's that's where the bunker is located right so waltz is calling us from the from the bunker um and uh and the thing is that it was just like waltz doesn't have to get out into the cold drive over here to do the show he he can just do what i'm doing right now just where you know um, you know, I'm just in my pajamas and my fedora just sitting here. Um uh, and recording oh, a podcast. There's a with yeah, ex- there you go. And um and my smoking jacket and my pipe. And yeah, yeah. uh and uh just right now we're just going to catch up on the paranormal news of right. of 2018 so far.
1: And I and I do have a um a cardboard cutout of Eric sitting sitting next to me, just to make me feel like it's the old show. Because <laughs> I just look across and see him. So, and, but I do have my I do have my boy Ricky here with me. He's laying right by me.
0: Oh, that's great. So he's, he's my my show mascot now. He's a he's he's a great dog. So he is. He is. So the thing is, is that we have we have. Um, I sort of feel like I'm um Pat uh, not Pat Sajak. Maybe I am the Pat Sajak of 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 the metaphysical connection. We is so that Carol Vanaway? Yeah, uh, she could be. She's good looking enough to be. We yeah, have the she, the she flipping the letters or the She is. Words? Well, she well she's flipping she's flipping more than just the letters if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, right, let, yeah. let's let's see here. We have today's show topics Mayan City found more Pentagon UFO news and the Falcon. Oh, I wanted to get into that. I'm glad we must have been on the same wavelength. And
1: and so I'm talking about that. And more Pentagon UFO news. Uh, you know, it's funny that there's Portland is a very progressive city, um, and they have a paper called the Phoenix, which comes out. Um, uh, I think it's every other week maybe, but they had an article about the, um, which was quite quite well written. I thought. About why people are not responding more um, more aggressively to the article that was in the New York Times. There's so there's some really compelling evidence in there for the fact that UFOs exist. Yeah. So why are people just sort of laissez faire about it? what What are your What are your thoughts on that, Eric? Um. Well. This is impromptu now. This
0: is impromptu. Walt sprung this on me. I did not know that he was going to ask me this question. And a lot of, I have two theories on this. First of all, I think that the entire notion of the Pentagon having information about trying to figure out what is, we're not talking about UFOs as in they like we know they're flying saucers. We're talking about unidentified flying objects or Unidentified aerial phenomenon. Whatever, whatever, whatever right. nomenclature you mm-hmm. want to use, which, thing-
1: which does not necessarily connote alien um, presence. It it could be just who knows what, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're being piloted by by alien
0: beings. We don't necessarily. Even, we necessarily. don't know. We don't know what they are. We don't know who no. they are. No, we don't.
1: We and, don't know where where they. Where their source of origin is. We have
0: no idea. We said this in our last show. Don't you think that that the U.S. government should be investigating who or what this is? Because obviously it could possibly pose as a threat to national security if it is some kind of spacecraft or aircraft that we're not familiar with. And try and gauge what, what is their intentions, whoever or whatever they are. Don't you think that the U.S. government should be looking into that? What are these things? What is this? Now, I mean,
1: if nothing else, from a from a national security point of view, what, what, what you know, where are these things coming from? What's the intention of them? Uh, but people just don't seem to be reacting. Well, I I don't get that.
0: So I'm going to take you back to an article that I wrote um, in your absence. I reviewed uh, the. The movie, The Post, literally two hours after I saw it in the, in, in the theater, mm-hmm. and there's the and the thing is the entire the, the entire movie is about these documents that Daniel Eisberg, I think his name was, snuck out of the Pentagon over a source of a I, couple Eisen, of years. I, uh,
1: sorry, Eisenberg.
0: Eisenberg, and it 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 turns out that the Pentagon had been lying about what's been going on in Indochina, as it was known at the time when the Vietnam War started in secret covert operations during the Truman administration up until um, the Nixon administration we're talking about we're talking about Truman Eisenhower Kennedy Johnson mm-hmm. and when the news finally came out under Nixon the government especially the Pentagon four presidents all of their secretaries of Defense chief of staff, sp- everybody all the administration's has this taint of lying stuck to them because these Pentagon papers were released and it really sort of shattered America's trust in the government. I think that after the Pentagon Papers and then Watergate, there's no way that you can blindly trust your government and think that, oh, well, they're, they're, well why would the government lie to us? And if they did lie to us, well, maybe it's for our own good. Those days are over. That's done. Um, and so the thing is, is that when these... When these um, Documents were released about the Pentagon and the Air Force or all the other branches of of the US military army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and maybe even the Coast Guard, National Guard, were doing research into unidentified aerial phenomenon. People well, there was an actual there's an actual program. It's an I mean, actual it was program. Funded, it was a funded
1: twenty two million dollar program that ran from um, well, I know it ended in 2012. I'm not quite sure. What did it start? 2004, I think, or yeah. somewhere around there. Um, now, $22 million by Pentagon terms, who has a, you know, they have a $600 billion budget. That's that's sort of a um, pocket change. Yeah, but, but $22 million is $22 million. Right. Uh, and it was it was created or at least um, spearheaded by Harry Reid, who was a Democratic Sure. Uh, he was. Was he the? Was he the head Democrat at that point? I think he might have been. I think. I think
0: that he was the. Um, at the time, I think he was the. Um, majority. Yeah, majority leader of of the of the Senate. I th- I believe so. Um, right. And and if we're wrong, hopefully people will will politely no, I, correct I that, us. I think that's
1: right. Um, and then there were two other senators too. Right, um, there was a guy from Hawaii and, and and
0: another actual Republican senator. Yeah, it's in guy. it's in our previous show about the the Pentagon X Files. That's actually the name of the show. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and they, they then they had this other guy, uh, Luis Elizondo, who was the he was the head of it. He he was the, um, the director of it. I guess you would say he actually had an office in the Pentagon. I think so. And and he's the one that came out and said that probably the most definitive statements about it. Uh, that there's a there's a warehouse in Las Vegas that contains debris, metal, metallic substance that nobody can really figure out what it is or where it came from, and and actually that there's actually craft that they've recovered, and he's come out and said that he was the director of this program, and nobody's like <laughs> nobody's paying any attention to it. Why yeah. is that? I don't get it.
0: Yeah, well, because the thing is, is that one of my theories is that we've been burned out. One time too many, about the secrets the government is keeping from us. About UFOs, unexplained phenomenon. The thing, the thing is, is that you know the X Files now plays off as like sort of like a quaint docudrama about real world events.
1: Yeah, that's it's true. It's very strange.
0: And the thing is that it was just like, and there's a lot of people who sort of have this. Sort of laissez-faire of well, yeah. I mean, of 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 course they're they're going to be investigating uh, uh, unexplained aerial phenomenon. You'd you'd be an idiot to think that they wouldn't be exploring this.
1: Well, one of the one of the got, the two senators, um, I had to close out my my programs I had open to get into Skype today. But um, he he's a, he's a Republican senator. I think his name was Stevens, but I'm not sure about that. But he was an Air Force pilot, and he and he was chased. Yeah. Uh, he was actually chased by a um, by a UFO when he was a pilot, and um, for miles and miles, like right on his tail. And and he always wanted to um, figure out what that was, and that was one of the reasons why he helped start this. Uh, he's dead now, and the yeah. guy from Hawaii, uh, Inouye, Way, I think his name was. He's he's dead too. So the only guy left is Harry Reid, who's now retired. But. Um, you know there's definitely something there they have they have a lot of pictures of these orbs that are doing that have no definitive propulsion system or you know way of of moving um, but there they are you know, they have they have videos of that and th- this was from military sources this wasn't you know just some guy that recorded it from a private plane or something these these are all military stuff so so it's got some pretty good amount of credibility attached
0: to it. it could, so the thing is, it, with, with everything that is going on, and um, somebody had said, and, we, and we've actually mentioned this on the previous show, somebody had said that there's going to be an event that's going to happen inside the government. Mm-hmm. Some kind of revelation is going to come out and it's going to um, draw people's attention away from the UFO Pentagon papers and wouldn't you know it almost on cue there was this big huge and we're not getting into the politics of this we're not talking about who's right who's wrong and who's left we're we're talking about the fact that the government sort of used an an opportunity to deflect people's attention away from the whole UFO controversy coming out of the Pentagon and focus us on something else. Don't pay, pay attention to what the right hand is doing. Look at what the left hand is doing. Ooh, The old,
1: the old shell game. The old, uh, you know, another, another another thought pattern, too, is that um, this article was kind of used as a diversion or, or maybe even the program itself was used as a diversion to, to keep people from... Actually, finding out about what's really going on with the secret space program and that whole develop development of, of space weapons and things like that. Exactly. That's another thinking pattern about it. So, that, I mean, which kind of makes sense when you think about it.
0: So the thing is, is that what's been, what's been really heavy in the news in the past couple of weeks, Walt, since oh, I don't know, the beginning of the the middle of January to um, this past Friday. The whole issue with the uh, the FISA memo, and and who did what to who, yeah. with yeah. Russian agents, and yeah, that's all. It's all, and, it's, and, all diversion. it's all diversionary tactics,
1: as far as I'm concerned. It, every day. It's something else. You know, yeah. Some, some kind of thing like that. It's it's all not, and and it, you know it just really points out what a truly dysfunctional system there there is in Washington. You know, it's 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 just crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, again, without getting into the political side of
0: it. No, no. But you
1: know, I mean, really, come on. All of that stuff is
0: just stuff to distract us from the reality of things. But it did a great job diverting everybody's attention.
1: Well, yeah, they're good at it. That's, these people are masters at doing that kind of thing. It's what they do. It's it's what they're what they make their make their hay on. You know, whatever whatever that is. I mean. but, So um, I'm just wondering why this this whole thing about the the New York Times article has sort of just dropped out of sight. I mean, that program obviously is no longer being funded, at least um, overtly anyway. I still think it's going on. I think it's still being funded in some different source.
0: That program, that specific program has probably – has probably like been defunded, but I, I I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that it's now being operated out of a different bag of money somewhere, some other some they're getting funding from somewhere oh, yeah. else. Yeah, and we're probably yeah. going to find out five or ten years from now that it's it has been going on all this time and it will be going on from the next couple of years. And there's probably going to be a revelation that says, "Hey, listen, this is what we found, and this is what it might be." I mean, who knows? I think that the only—I think the only time that we're going to get any kind of real um, revelations and total disclosure is if something happens, like if during a press conference the president of the United States has his mask fall off and he's a reptilian underneath all of that, whatever it is, which, which could happen. Well, I mean, it's like it's—we're looking at sort of like. Just maybe the, that'll happen. Maybe that'll happen during the big military parade,
1: like he'll he'll be up on a podium or something, you know, with waving to all the tanks as they go by and stuff. And, and his a, a big gust of wind will come along and blow off his Halloween costume he's been wearing.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knows? Or it could happen to whoever's going to be president, you know, uh, four to eight years from now. Who knows? Yeah, you don't know. No, I mean, I, it's. Like we've said
1: in the past, So I think disclosure is going to come in dribs and drabs. And, and this whole thing with the Times article may be a part of that, too. You know, I, I don't know. But.
0: I think that that's the only way that they are going to tell us anything. And I think that it's going to keep people from rioting and, and, and panicking. Um, it's, sort, it's sort of like like whoever wins the Super Bowl, they know that somewhere in that city there's going to be some kind of riot somewhere. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> in Philly? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Or in Boston, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's like it just goes hand in hand. Like the thing is is like what if you found out tomorrow that everything that you thought you believed in was just a lie? Mhm. You know. And yeah, be- it's true. People will flip out. So, speaking of flipping out, I flipped out over the news that they had discovered this vast lost Mayan city that has been hidden by the jungle for hundreds or thousands of years, mm-hmm. and according to all of our sources, like CBS News, National Geographic, this is no National Enquirer uh, uh, stuff here. This this isn't the Sun. Well, who uh, discovered it? I, I don't know. It's, much some about it. it was uh, during an exp- um, expedition. Uh, we actually have a sh- a show link from the National Geographic. That is doing a, a huge special on this. And um, NPR, game changer, Mayan cities unearthed in Guatemala forest using lasers. CBS News, archaeologists uncover massive network of Mayan ruins with laser technology. Daily Mail, UK, stunning new images mapping an ancient Mayan megalopolis reveal the site where thousands of pyramids and palaces now lay hidden beneath thick jungle foliage in Guatemala. Wow. It's in Guatemala. Huh? Ah, oh, interesting. More than 60,000 previously unknown Mayan structures have been uncovered. Wow, that was that was
1: a huge complex. I mean, it was major, a major center. Yeah. Something. Have they dated it? When, when, when it's, I have uh, not
0: read anybody who has had a definitive uh, date when all of the stuff, with all of this, was abandoned. But the thing is, is that with a city that large, what happened? Why, what 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 caused that city to be abandoned?
1: Well, yeah, you always, you know, and that's happened in other places too. You have to always wonder about that. What's what what was the event that caused something that was that? sophisticated and not developed to just sort of fade into history. You know, and not to the point where nobody even knew about it until they uncovered it. That's been sitting there for you know, who knows how long without anybody even knowing about it.
0: Yeah, I mean the thing is is that uh, looking at crazy when you think about it. You look at all look at everything that I um looking at the pictures here and looking at all the structures here um, looking at all these images that were taken with these lasers and and whatnot. I mean, this this looks like you you know at the end of Star Wars when they get to Yavin Four, the Rebel base. It looks so much like that. It's not even funny. Yeah,
1: well, it's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's what we talked about before that, uh, like Star Wars is 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 really sort of an extension of what may have happened in the past in the universe yeah know? so who knows who knows how that's all tied together um, I mean I don't think Star Wars is just something that somebody made up I mean I think there's a lot more to it than that I think Lucas had a download of some kind yeah well, for, for whatever reason um, so I you know I don't know I'd be it should, I think it's going to be interesting to to find out what they discover there yeah you know like like Gobekli Tepe. Uh, nobody knew about that. And then that no. German archaeologist just found it. Some, or somebody else found it. And then he started digging there. Yep. And realized there was this, this amazing complex of stone structures that dated back to when, you know, everybody thought that there were nothing on earth but hunter-gatherers who would be totally right. incapable of building something like that. So, So who knows how much of that kind of stuff is out there that's yet to be discovered. And what secrets it will reveal when they finally start delving into it? Yeah, is there, is there a group of people that are working on it now? Do there you know, is. Or? I mean,
0: there's there is a huge um, group of people, or it's it looks pretty substantial. Um, and the location, um, I, I'm not even going to be. It's I think it's called. Um, it's the Tika Territory in I think it's Guatemala and looking at all of this looking at the pictures over at the Daily Mail um, website is that I mean it's 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 just right off right on the coast and there are several different locations that they have sort of pinpointed um, you know how how far it stretches how large it is and it was just like you look at this and it's like how could how is it we're just finding this now? And it was yeah, just like what do we, you know if it wasn't if it wasn't for this lidar system with the with the scanners that produce three-dimensional maps, we would not have found this yet but it it, it, it encompasses a very large territory and one of the questions that I have and and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say this again um, the greatest mystery of all of this is what happened to these people. Where'd they go? Why did they abandon this vast, sprawling city? And it was, you know, it's like if they abandoned it for one reason, how come they didn't go back after whatever issue or problem or or a climate change, natural disaster had occurred? Um, I I think I think it's it's fascinating. And some of the pictures that I'm looking at here. Um, in some of the text, it says that this sort of, like, this blows the lid off of a lot of theories that we have about human development. It, it This is a civilization that's a lot larger than we originally suspected. Mm-hmm. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is that, I mean, ring the bell, because I'm mentioning Phil Copens. Phil Copens wrote a book, you know, you know the, the Lost Civil... You
1: get get Jasper to ring the cowbell?
0: <laughs> 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 and, uh, no, I mean, it's... It, a lot of the things that Phil Copens had said that hey listen we're we are we are just on the on the brink of discovering this stuff. This is this is the one of the discoveries that he had predicted. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's finally come true. So I think that we need to sort of polish off my review of, of his books and and I mean dust it off. Now. Dust dust them off mm-hmm. and, and say, hey listen, here here it is. He said this is going to happen. Mm-hmm
1: yeah, I mean, and who knows how much other stuff is out there, you know? Yeah. Um, one of one of the things I want to talk about too, not to get off the subject completely, but um, Jim Jim sent out an article, uh, and maybe we can get Jim to join us next next uh, show um, about the permafrost melting. Yes, did you see
0: that? No, uh, I did see a little bit of that. Go ahead.
1: And and they're. Um, they're discovering that there's these viruses yes. in the
0: permafrost that have been well,
1: you know, permafrost means it's been frozen for, for many, 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 many eons. I don't, I don't know how long, but um, anyway, it's it's been kind of uh, locked in in frozen material. But now with climate change, which I think is indisputable at this point, um, those those areas are are now beginning to thaw out. Yeah. And, who who knows what's going to be contained in that? Um, one of the, one of the things that they're they're finding is that for some reason um, there's a big accumulation of mercury, yes. the element of mercury and uh, the substance of mercury, in um, in this permafrost. Uh, somehow it uh, it acquires permafrost frost acquires mercury through some kind of natural process. But it contains it, and maybe that's part of the whole ecology system. You know, the, this mercury, I think, is is coming um, into the atmosphere somehow, and and it gets contained in the permafrost, and of course, it keeps it from spreading. Well, now that the permafrost is thawing out, guess what? That mercury is getting into the ecosystem now, which, you know, anybody that knows anything about mercury, that can't be good. It's not good stuff, pal. <clears throat> no, no. And the same thing with the viruses. Who kn- who knows what ancient viruses are there that could be, you know, devastating. Maybe the current flu virus we have now is came from there. Who knows? It you know, it seems to be wreaking havoc, and it doesn't seem to be one that they were aware of, or you know, at least the inoculations that they had doesn't uh, doesn't seem to be have much of a, a prevention for it. So, uh, who knows what that's going to yield? Uh, there were, there is an interesting show. And I can't think of the name of it right now, but it was on Netflix. And I, I watched the whole thing. It was set in um, sort of right up by the Arctic Circle. Right. Um, it was near, it was, it was like near Norway, but, but further north around in that. In fact, it might have been part of the, the col- it was like a colony almost. It was like a mining colony kind of. And it was you know, cold virtually all the time. And um, Do you mean the show Fortitude? So,
0: what is it? Fortitude. Maybe yes, British. That sci- might have been it. yes. British. It was uh, sci-fi psychological drama set and written by Simon David. A twelve-part series commissioned by. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yes, I think that's it. Series set in
0: a right. fictional Arctic Norwegian settlement.
1: Yep, that's it. I had I had the name had eluded me, but you're right. That's what it was. So these kids were out playing, and they they came upon um, the carcass. Of a mastodon that had frozen um, whenever that flash freeze took place. Sure. Um, and it, because of global warming, it had it had thawed out. And these kids found it. and They were, you know, messing around with it. And it had some kind of virus in it. And the virus spread to the, you know, to the colony through the through the kids. The kids like, started doing weird stuff. Like one of the kids, killed like, just killed somebody. Right. You know, for, it was like a ten-year-old kid, you know stabbed him to death you know and 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 it started spreading to all the different people in the colony right interesting interesting concept and who knows that that is not something that could happen you know with all this stuff being uncovered um, same thing with Antarctica who, who knows what's going to show up down there when thats
0: Really begins to thaw out. Didn't we just do a whole show on that as well? We did. We did. Whereas these things are occurring and a lot of people are sort of like saying, "Hey, listen, we need we need to worry about the environment, we need to worry about global warming, we got to worry about flooding." And a lot of other people are saying what we really need to be worried about is what's frozen in the permafrost and mm-hmm. and that in and of itself if some virus that we have no immunity to it whatsoever. If this You know
1: the, the the thing that no go ahead finish your thought Eric well
0: the uh, thing is is that this this is this is not science fiction this isn't some kind of like somebody it's not Stephen King was just sitting at his desk in his haunted mansion saying well oh, what's the next strange thing that I could that I could write about it, this is like legitimate scientists looking at what's going on in the world in in the in the topic of global warming or or climate change whatever we want to call it this week and saying What's what's what was trapped in the permafrost and escaping, um, whether whether it's the mercury that you've already mentioned or viruses or whatever, um, that's that's a that's a bigger threat than the, the rising coastlines, because if there is some sort of deadly superbug out there, um, an, like uh, an ancient form of Ebola is something that I think a lot of people should be concerned about
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and some of these scientists who catch this bug, they come back to civilization. It could, it could, it would spread like wildfire to the point where, it's like nobody's going to be around to even care about the disappearing coastlines because of, of it what's won't matter. So, I mean, this is just another reason why, I mean, for me personally, I think we we need to take climate change a little bit. It's another reason why we should take it more seriously than we already do.
1: Absolutely. Well, here's another thought too. This this is kind of my own extrapolation on that whole uh, story, I guess. Um, What what if what if nature um, really has a safeguard against against anything? I mean, you know, if you think of Earth as a living organism, the Earth, which it is. Um, what if? What if there's a safeguard in place? Right. That says when, when any one population gets out of control, and starts doing very destructive things to the planet, maybe there's some checks in place, to to sort of get that back into balance again. Right. You know, maybe it's not unlike the um, the the thing. Uh, what what's the object in uh, two thousand and one? Uh, oh, the uh, the monolith. The monolith. Yeah. Uh, Which was an indicator that the human race had gotten out to a certain, gotten into space to a certain point, and was an indicator, like a beacon, sort of like, hey, you know, they're here. Um, You know, maybe it's the same idea, uh, only in in a natural way that that nature is going to kick back at whatever it is that's, you know, causing it distress, and and who knows that that's not some system that's in place to do that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And when the when the permafrost starts melting. You know that's an issue. That's that's a beacon. Yeah. Like mm, may, maybe some of these people need to not um, inhabit the planet anymore.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: who knows? I don't know. It's, it's I think it's it's not an illogical extension of that whole concept.
0: Yeah. At least and, I don't, it, anyway. and the thing is that it, like it does it does sound like a crazy theory, but when you look at everything else that is going on, I mean, what if there were checks and balances that we are just not aware of that govern that. Um, nature just like p- had put in place in the event in the event that this should happen, but yeah. that that also sort of like gives credence to the fact that there is some kind of collective unconscious in in the world or on planet Earth. Whereas, like somehow, um, oh the, the the like the um, Gia, the the Earth goddess spirit of the Earth that so mm. many people make fun of. Sort of, it does had sort of this this forethought to think if this if this should happen, I'll release this to to kill off the uh, the the surplus population, and yeah. it, it is it's it it, it it does it sounds crazy sometimes, but it also has a little bit of credence to it because I mean so, I mean Stranger Things have turned out to be true.
1: Well, you have to think of Earth or nature as being a consciousness, not just you know that the Earth, the Earth, the planet. Is not just a big rock spinning in space. It's it's a living organism that has a consciousness of itself. You know, so I don't know. I think it's it's worth thinking about. It's worth considering. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have to we have to do something about the changes that are taking place. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure how much control um, there really is left over what's going on. You know, with with all the regulations being taken away. For environmental things, to to foster business and improve the economy and all that stuff, then all that stuff goes by the board. You know, it's just whatever. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the way it's going.
0: Well, the nobody question,
1: seems real interested in doing anything about putting things in place to to stop climate change.
0: Well, here's the here's the question: is um, is is it is it that we're, it's just it's, it's, it's inevitable like the next mass extinction is just inevitable like it's going to happen because the thing is is that either a, it's a situation that's beyond our control. No matter what we do, we're not going to be able to stop it because of what we had just mentioned, or is it because we're just we're just too concerned about the here and now and business and, 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 and uh, the economy? Could could a healthy economy, which is strange to sound, could a healthy economy be responsible for the demise of civilization? I know it sounds it's it's a it's a crazy theory or it's crazy to speculate, but it's something you sort of have to stop and think about for a second. Uh, like, what other checks and balances can we put in place to make sure? Yeah, exactly, that-
1: exactly. And I, you know, another way to look at it too is, does a healthy economy have to mean have to be based on destructive behavior? or or can a healthy economy be based on creating more um, productive forms of energy you know developing solar and, and wind power and those kinds of things that are not destructive to the planet does does a healthy economy necessarily have to be mutually exclusive from destructive behavior patterns
0: yeah that's that's, that's a hypothetical question I guess, but it does it is well i anyway.
1: i don't i don't think that the two things can't work hand-in-hand, hand, you know? Well, well, one of the things... Why, that we, why can't we have development, but also have it be development that's not destructive development? Well,
0: here's like, something that we have proven over the past couple of years. Um, we've actually seen a boost to the economy, and the economy actually grow because of we've been pursuing alternative energy. We like, um, Wind, solar, hydro, um, natural gas, a lot of things... A lot of these new industries that are that are springing up everywhere has actually right. boosted the economy. There are places where we never thought that we would actually see economic growth. We're seeing it now be, thanks to these new industries. And I think that that's something we should continue to pursue.
1: But but how much of, of the perceived growth in economy does that make up? I mean, I don't know. I don't have any numbers on that. I don't know if you do, but what percentage of of the growth of the economy is involved with that kind of thing you know constructive things or, or maybe progressive things like that you know, for example the um, you know the president's now talking about infrastructure which needs to be addressed or, or everything is Basically crumbling, you know, our, our roads and bridges and so so on and so forth. Well, you know, there's there's apparently a, a solar system where they have these plates. Yes, I don't know, you've seen these where you can put them in the road.
0: Yeah, I've, I've known about and, these for about ten years now. Yeah,
1: um, and you know, they could redo redo the whole highway system with these plates. And what they would do is they would take solar energy and warm the road, so you wouldn't have icy roads anymore because these would have built-in heaters, sort of, using the, yes. you know, the energy from the sun, um, would that not be, obviously, it would be a massive project, but would that not be a constructive project if if you no longer had to worry about plowing and using road salt? I mean, you know, road salt, massive use of road salt can't be good for the environment.
0: There's actually the color, this thing called... Ending
1: up in the, in the rivers and, the, you know, natural, whoops. There's this thing Are called there? Sol- there. yeah
0: Solar Roadways. Um, yes. yes. And the thing is that it was just like they Maybe have... You
1: can put a link on the on the show page to that yeah. for people who haven't heard of that. I mean, you can use it in your driveway. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I heard about this a couple of years ago, and it never seemed to gain much traction. No, no and the I thing attended. is that
0: it was just... I mean, he, he, here's, here's one of the problems that, that we have here in, in the Northeast... Whereas they will not allow folks to easily use um, untested products without, without a multi-million dollar um, committee to look into the viability of this, of this system. Uh, right. What if you just take a small town like Ringe, New Hampshire... And say, okay, we're going to try and pave all these roads with this module system and see what happens. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's great. Why, you know, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, do a, do a test. Do, do like one road, you know, and see how it works. Yeah. And if that works, then expand it. And eventually, you know, I mean, we have to start thinking a little more out of the box, a little more. Start listening to people um, that are sort of like the new Teslas. You know that are um, coming up with. I, I can't believe there aren't people all over this country that are coming up with ideas such as that that just nobody listens to. You know, they don't get the funding or they don't get the whatever the attention that you know that it would take to have something like that happen. Yeah, that's that's something that you know. I I just don't <laughs> I don't understand the thinking behind some of that stuff.
0: But well, speaking of speaking of Tesla. The way it is, Speaking of Go Tesla, ahead. this is a perfect way to end the show. Um, Falcon Heavy test launch. Um, if you if you didn't see Talking it... about Elon Musk, Elon Musk. Uh, I was I was just going to bring that up. You read my mind, Eric. And and the the entire notion where this guy is privatizing and revolutionizing um, space flight. Uh, and I was I was reading an article, and he said that um, his budget for his Falcon Heavy rocket is. Ninety percent less costly than anything else NASA has on the drawing board or on development right now, and it's you look at these people and you say, "Get it out of the bureaucracy of the government." Get, yeah, get the get the Have government companies. Get the government out of the business of innovation because the government has reached the point where it cannot. It's so fat and bloated, it can't even Absolutely. get out of its own way. Yeah, there's there's so much
1: um, red tape involved in everything to try and get anything done that it's it's you know they they don't they're not looking at profit. Government doesn't care about that. they they're not they don't care about whether it's cost effective or not. You know, for years you heard stories about the Pentagon wasting money on you know ridiculous amounts of money for like you know for shoes and things like that that you know it's it's just somebody skimming money off of that whole thing you know that's what it comes down to really so it's not cost effective it's not anywhere near that so why not let private industries do stuff like that there where their bottom line is they actually keep their eye on on how much money they're spending you know that kind of thing so i think you're right about that what what do you think musk is up to though what's his what do you think his end game is
0: Oh boy. Boy, there's a, there's a speculation. I think that his whole thing is is that he's just a smart dude. Uh yeah. he he wants to make a ton of dough doing what he's good at, coming up with new ways um, to do exciting things like, you know, sending a sending a Tesla Roadster, you know, to, with, with, to a, with a dummy in it. With a with a dummy in it. I mean, and the thing is is like, I mean, what great product placement. Um uh, his end game, to be honest with you, to be blunt, is mm-hmm. obviously to make money. But the thing is, is that yeah. But I mean, beyond that, he's got. I mean,
1: that he put ninety mil into that whole project. I mean, that's that's pretty good a chunk of money. And that's just like, you know, just money he's got just to play with. You know, I don't even know how much money he has. But but I think it's I think it's actually more than that. I think I think he's looking at um, colonizing Mars. Yes. Actually. But the thing is that is like I think but that. I, but to I, what end? To what end? That's the thing. I mean, there's a whole scenario about the elite going off planet when the when the planet gets so populated and all the resources are gone and blah blah blah. That's just you know in the future that they're going to go off planet and and maybe Mars is going to be the new.
0: I think <clears> that he wants to create the world that we've been promised for decades now. He wants to create the world as it was. To, Depicted in movies mm-hmm. like 2001, A Space Odyssey, or, or whatever. The thing is, is that, it, listen, we're coming upon, we're, little, we're, we're now a year and a half or less than a year and a half away from the 50th anniversary of um, Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. We have no permanent moon base. We do not really have a, um, a vast, robust space program. Really, what we have is the International Space Station, where three or four people, um, or 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 six or twelve people, can live at a time. In, uh, you know, in in Earth orbit. How can we right. don't? Ha- well, how can we do not have um, space colonies? How can we don't have people living on the moon? How wh- uh, how can we're not mining asteroids for precious resources? Um, how come we're not moving industry off of the planet that could actually help save the environment? how come right. you know how, how come listen I mean we, we are we are almost two decades into the 21st century and we're not doing we're not doing as much as we could be doing or we should be doing we're squandering no. our resources on these silly things like every every year and a half you have to go get a new iPhone. Or the widescreen TV, or, or gaming consoles, or whatever. We could be putting all of this technology to good use, to just expanding the human experience and and fixing some of the ills with the human condition. Um, I I don't get it. I don't understand. Why aren't we do Why aren't we doing more? How come we haven't done more? And and nobody can give me an answer that is actually worth paying attention to. And I know that there's the lunar conspiracy. We, th- we seem to think that there's a lost colony of somebody up there. And maybe we've been warned off. But the thing mm-hmm. is that it was just like, you know, there's an aspect of that that I actually believe. And there's another aspect, aspect of that I don't want to believe. Because the thing is, is that, listen, let's confront whatever these problems are and just deal with them. Whatever it is, deal with it. Figure out why can't we do this or that and the other thing. It takes somebody like Elon Musk to sort of like sit down and eat NASA's lunch right in front of NASA, and 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 just and just get the job done. I think that I think that he wants to be the innovator. I think he wants to create the future. I think that he wants. he don't to think he has any nefarious. Uh intentions i don't have any proof yet that he has any nefarious
1: i i don't either i'm just thinking that um it, it just seems to me that um I'm, I, there seems to be an agenda there that you can't quite put your finger on i, I think anyway but i'm not sure you know hard to say yeah but he's, he's doing some cool stuff no doubt about that you know, just having a tesla uh, is that in orbit or is that no, that's kind of actually heading toward it, mars
0: it's heading towards it? mars apparently it overshot uh, Mars, wow. mm-hmm. and it's probably going to be heading out towards um, uh, oh, uh, the asteroid belt. But I mean, who knows? But you know, I mean, it was listen, it was just a test rocket anyway.
1: Well, yeah, and and I I think the whole intention of putting the Tesla, in, out into space like that was just kind of a, a symbolic gesture. Yeah, you know, with, with with David Bowie pointing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> kind of interesting. I, I I think it's. I think it's cool. I mean, I, you know, if he's just trying to make strides toward a more evolved sort of, you know, way to get out into space, then that's cool. Yeah. But if there's not anything
0: else behind it, I don't know. But hard to say, but it's interesting. Yep. Nothing so, else. So, Walt, any any last words before before we head out?
1: No, not really. We. Um, the, I one thing I was talking about the Phoenix earlier. There was a. As I said, there was an article in the Phoenix about the <clears throat> about the uh, New York Times article. And there's a, there's a guy in Freeport, which is about 10, 15 minutes from Portland. Um, that's where that where um, that's where LL Bean is actually. Um, who I want to try to get a hold of. He's got an Amazon show about UFOs, apparently. Um, so I want to try to touch base with him. Maybe we can interview him. His name is uh, Bill Brock. Uh, so anyway, between now and then, I'm going to try to get a hold of him. Maybe we can get an interview with him, and or if not, we'll we'll continue with our top next topic, whatever that might be, and we'll try to get get Jim on back on board and um, see how uh, see how the new format works out.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's about it. Well, Walt, Uh I'll tell you what. It's been a it's been a great show. It's great to get you back in the saddle, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, and we're we're
1: just missing doing the show. I don't know if our listeners were were missing us or not. I they were
0: missing us. They were missing us. You
1: think? Okay.
0: Yeah. No, I know. I know. So, um, Walt, um, I will I will talk to you next time, and um, and uh, we'll see you around. Okay. Sounds good. Show. Take a look at the long man He ain't the wrong guy Oh man, wonder if he will ever know This is the best selling show This is the life
2: In the metaphysical connection podcast from the fedora chronicles network don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via itunes google play or player fm you can find our podcast via your apple android or windows devices using those services and more if your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us let us know by shooting us an email via info at the fedora chronicles.com that's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter, at Physics Laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be, too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Being crafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on.